Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Duval Till We Pod. My name is Daniel Griffiths. With me is JC. How are you doing, my friend? Is it football season yet? Uh, I've seen some awful takes, so I'm ready for it to start. I saw I saw a Tua is better than uh, Patrick Mahomes, so I'm I'm ready to just nap for the next three months. I just want it to be football season so bad. <laughs> like there's like my baseball team is horrible. It's the NBA off season basically for everybody, but two teams. Like I don't watch, like I love basketball, but I'm not going to watch the finals uh, just because I'm not interested in the teams playing. So I need football desperately. Um, my baseball team in college lost in the regional. So I have no interest in watching the world series. Uh, so I need football desperately and I need it to get here quickly. It's amazing how quickly the tables turned for your angels there. Yeah, it was. It's, it's, I don't want to talk about it. It's just two best players on planet Earth. Well, but hey, it's fine. We're, we're more, getting no hit through seven innings as we speak. Oh, really? By who? Yep. By the Dodgers. <laughs> Speaking of things that we probably don't want to talk about, uh, unfortunately, the Jaguars had a, a recent injury to one of their young, promising defensive ends. Jordan Smith, he suffered a knee injury. I don't believe it was ever reported what the specific injury was, um, but uh, it, it will appear he will not play for us in 2022, which is uh, disappointing because he only played in two games for us last year, recorded one tackle, I believe. So that's uh, it's going to be a player that the Jaguars are without, and uh, that's, you know, that much less depth on that, on that defensive line. It's a huge bummer. You know, this is obviously a guy that Trent Baalke liked because he traded up for him in the 2021 draft uh, in the fourth round. Uh, And for him to be inactive for almost all of 2021, and now he's going to miss all of 2022, uh, it really makes you worry about what his future in Jacksonville is going to look like because will he ever actually get a chance to play here? Uh, Will he be possibly cut loose after this season? before we ever get to really see what obviously Trent Baalke and some of the other evaluators that work in the front office saw uh, to trade up and make sure that we got him. So uh, it's, it's unfortunate. Obviously you feel most bad for Jordan himself. Um, the fact that he'll now go his first two NFL seasons with basically not playing at all. Uh, so it's, it's very disappointing. Uh, wish him a speedy recovery. Hope he's able to bounce back strong and uh, go on to have a really good career. Yeah, it's it's uh, kind of similar with the uh, other mid-round pick that they had last year, J2 Fele. We haven't gotten to see much of him either. So, so hopefully, hopefully at least one of those guys can can uh, have some you know uh, productive playtime for for the Jag- Jaguars before they they move on in their NFL careers. Because I uh, I think that uh, unfortunately that may be the case for one or both of them uh, relatively soon. But uh, today we wanted to talk about uh, the rest of the AFC South, not so much Jaguars talk, but but looking at the other teams in the division and and looking at their draft classes to see how they compare and stack up to the Jaguars. And, uh, you know, I think JC and I are both in agreement that uh, the other three classes by Houston, Indy, and and the Titans are are relatively pretty good. Um, So if you want to go ahead and start with Houston here, You've got a guy that uh, that you like a lot if you want to talk about uh, Mr. Derek Stingley from LSU. Yeah, um, you know, Derek's a guy that I watched literally play his last high school game uh, in person. So I've been watching him for a very long time. Uh, he's got everything you want in a corner. Uh, you know, he's got the ability to play man on the team's number one receiver. Um, he's got all that swagger that you want a guy 
to have um, covering the team's number one receiver. Um, I'm not saying he's Jalen Ramsey by any means, but he's cut from that cloth as far as attitude and the way he plays football. Um, I don't know if he'll even be close to as good as Jalen Ramsey. I'm not trying to make that that comparison here. Um, but I think Stingley has a lot of those same mental traits that Jalen has when it comes to playing. Um, and I think that Derek Stingley is going to have a really, really long, productive career. And it's just unfortunate that he happened to get drafted into the AFC South. But, uh, you know, I'm a huge fan of him. Obviously, me being an LSU fan, uh, he, in 2019, he burst onto the scene as a freshman uh, on that national championship team and made a huge impact. Um, never got to see much after that. Uh, 2020 uh, was injured. 2021, he was injured again, decided to sit out, um, which was the best decision for him. Um, but the, you know, we saw enough as a 18-year-old playing in 2019 uh, that he's got all the intangibles to be really, really good, which is bad news for, of course, us as Jaguars fans. So you get to talk about your guy. I'm going to get to talk about my guy, even though that I know that you liked him a lot. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and group Kenyon Green and Damian Pierce together because uh, kind of have a uh, similar sentiment for both of these players. Uh, Houston is in a situation where they have a young quarterback with Davis Mills, and they're looking to help build around him as much as they can. Uh, and one way that you do that is through the run game. Houston's a team that uh, they were literally – they, they literally had all positions listed as needs on multiple de- draft databases. Uh, so this is, this is the team that needed help everywhere. And with their second first-round pick, they decided to select tackle, guard, and center Kenyon Green from Texas A&M. He, uh, I believe last year he played at all five positions for Texas A&M. Uh, extremely experienced player, a guy that you can, you can draft and, and feel good about plugging him wherever you need him in. And, uh, and then in the fourth round, they drafted Damian Pierce from Florida, who I love. Unfortunately, I wish I got to see more of him at Florida, but uh, I'm guessing that I will be seeing more of him in the NFL because I expect him to get a significant amount of snaps for Houston. And he's a guy that, uh, you know, he, he's not the fastest guy in the world. He's not the quickest guy in the world, but uh, he's a damn good football player. Uh, really good out of the backfield, catching the ball and, and as a blocker. Um, you know, the, the out of the backfield is, is kind of interesting for a guy his size. He, he's uh, not the quickest guy, like I said, but uh, pretty good passer. And he made that evidently clear at Florida. Uh, and at the Senior Bowl, this dude was stonewalling everyone um, in pass protection. So he's, uh, he's a guy that I'm really excited for to be in Houston. He should be able to get some playing time. And, and hopefully uh, him and Kenyon Greens can, uh, can, can work on Houston's run – offense which uh which isn't isn't very good so hopefully they can help out davis mills for their sake and hopefully for our sake uh everyone we're going to talk about is a bust today yeah uh and that's the hope right um but damian pierce was a player that i loved in this draft process even though i am as anti-florida gator as it gets (laughs) um but damian pierce was a player that the jaguars did show some interest in uh, we never really saw a link between Kenyon Green and the Jags, but um, Damian Pierce was a guy that they visited with. Uh, would have been a great addition, obviously gone before we could have got our hands on him. Uh, but, you know, those are guys that are really going to make Houston a lot better in the run game day one. Uh, you expect Kenyon Green to be able to play right away and play at a high level. Uh, Damian Pierce doesn't have competition at running back in Houston that is better than him. In my opinion, on paper, I think Marlon Mack, you know, is one of the – 
or other running backs. Um, I think Pierce should be able to get the majority of the carries uh, right away as a rookie in Houston. And I hope that he plays really, really well every game except for those two. <laughs> yeah, next we got uh, Jalen Petrie, who uh, I know you loved and I did as well. He wasn't really on my radar until the Senior Bowl. I hadn't uh, I hadn't seen much of him. And then Senior Bowl week, this dude was all over the field, had an uh, interception in the Senior Bowl game. And uh, and that's really when, when he uh, first got onto my radar. And after that, I thought that he was one of, if not the uh, the best slot defenders in, in this past draft class. Yeah, Jalen Petrie showed that he has the ability to play all over the defensive backfield. Uh, he had the ability to play safety, to play in the nickel, to play outside. Now, he probably size-wise projects to probably play a lot of inside in the NFL. Uh, but, you know, played a big role in a really, really good year that uh, Baylor had. Uh, Dave, you know, their head coach is a defensive guy. Uh, so, you know, he's had nothing but huge, uh, great things, raved about Jalen Petrie. Uh, and then, obviously, we've shouted the praises of the Senior Bowl a lot on this pod. Jim Nagy, uh, so, once again. <laughs> there you go. At Jim Nagy, please come on our podcast. Uh, and then Jalen Petrie obviously balled out there, like you mentioned, uh, you know, and he was able to be drafted pretty high. And I think he's another guy who's who's going to have a great career. He's the guy you're probably going to see locked up on Christian Kirk uh, when the Jags play the Texans. Yeah, him and Abrams, yeah, Baylor's Abram Smith running back were both guys that I hadn't heard much of before the senior bowl, and then those guys exploded. So kudos, kudos to the Baylor's coaching staff for – for that and for uh, the senior bowl guys to, to find those two players. Um, and uh, next we've got John Mechie, the third uh, Alabama receiver. Most people are, are fairly, fairly familiar with. Uh, he, he suffered an injury, I believe was in the SEC championship game. Um, and, uh, and unfortunately was unable to perform in uh, much of the off season workouts and testings. Uh, you know, he, he was probably a borderline first round guy before the injury unfortunately had the injury and fell a little bit not too far and uh you know he's a guy that uh, I wasn't as big on as maybe some others are uh, but still a really good football player and a guy that can come in to a less experienced Houston roster and provide some early stability you know he will be a rookie but he's a guy that you feel really good about his experience level coming in yeah, and he was a guy that the Jaguars did have at least some relative interest in because they did bring him in for a, a top 30 visit. Uh, they could have been kind of just checking on his injury uh, recovery status. Uh, they could have been maybe getting some intel on some other guys they were interested in picking. Um, but they did bring him in. Uh, you know, he's a very talented player. Uh, you know, that Alabama receiver core the last three years has been unbelievable, unbelievably elite. Uh, so he's another guy that um, has a chance right away in Houston uh, to make a big impact just because outside of Brandon Cooks, obviously they don't have a ton in the receiver department as far as big-time talent. So a guy like John Mitchie is going to be able to come in uh, and play a lot right away. Speaking of talented Alabama players, uh, linebacker Christian Harris, he uh, he was a guy that was that was really projected to go really early um, before the season started last year and, and unfortunately didn't have the season that, that maybe people thought he would have and, and fell a little bit. Ended up being picked in the third round by Houston. But, uh, you know, if they can, if they can uh, figure out 
you know, Christian Harris and where he, he will play for them. You know, I think he's certainly got the athleticism and talent to uh, be a guy that, uh, that can blossom for them. Yeah, so Christian Harris is another guy that I know well because uh, he is from Baton Rouge, uh, Louisiana. Um, he is a guy – there is a school in Baton Rouge, Louisiana known as University High School, uh, and it's aptly named because it is on LSU's campus. Uh, it is LSU's lab school. Um, their football field literally is next door to LSU's indoor facility, and we let that kid get away. <laughs> uh, kid played his football games on campus for four years, and then Alabama gets him over LSU. Uh, so he's a kid that I've been watching for a really long time. Uh, and he's incredibly talented. He's a freak athlete. Um, you know, he played Big both dude. sides of the ball. Yeah, he played both sides of the ball in high school. Uh, you know, he played receiver uh, and also played linebacker. Um, you know, he's just an unbelievable athlete. He's another guy that I really liked for the Jaguars uh, at the top of the second round. Was a lot of – one of the guys that I was interested in maybe taking at 33. Might have been high, a little high for some people, but um, I liked him there a lot. Um would he have fallen to 65, you know, was kind of a question that I had in my head. Would he still be there? Um, but he, he's a really good player. He's, he's really fast. Um, you know, he has the ability to make an impact in coverage as well as in the run game. Uh, so, I mean, once again, just I, I think Houston in the first four rounds hit a home run. I think they really did a great job. Yeah, it, it was a really good class for them. And, and they hit both – Marks on offense and defense that they needed to hit. You know, I mentioned earlier, jokingly, that every single position was listed as a as a team need for them, and they really decided to uh, to go after both sides of the ball to to help support uh, that young team and, and new head coach, Lovey Smith. I uh, I wanted to ask you, who do you, who are you most excited for for Houston, and, and who's a guy that that maybe you think. Uh, isn't uh, isn't going to be a huge factor for them? Uh, you know, I think the one who scared, who frightens me the most is Derek Stingley Jr. Um, I think he's going to end up being probably the best of the bunch in this draft class. Um, like I said, I think he's got the ability to have a 12, 13-year career playing at a really high level. Um, now, personally, Jaguars, Stingley doesn't scare me as much because we don't have an elite outside receiver for him to shut down. <laughs> um, so, but the guy who I think, I think Mitchie's probably going to be the least factor against us strictly because you don't know his health status. And we're just looking at the first four rounds. Obviously they drafted three more players after Damian Pierce, but we're only looking at, you know, those first four round picks. Um, so I think Mitchie probably makes the least amount of impact right away, strictly because Stingley's going to be Stingley. Uh, Green's going to start right away and probably really good. Petrie is going to be covering our slots. Harris is going to be really good. Damian Pierce is probably their starting running back right away. Uh, so you don't know with Mitchie's injury that he's coming off of how much of a factor he'll be. So I'm going to just on a limb say that he probably makes the least amount of impact against us this year, which probably means he goes for 10 catches, 150, and two touchdowns in both games. <laughs> I uh, the, one, the one that probably frightens me the most is probably Jalen Petrie. I, uh, I thought he was a really good player coming out. I, I think he could be a guy that, that uh, with Stingley, really sets up that secondary for Houston for a really long time. Um, the two that I'm not – I wasn't super huge on coming out were, were John Mechie and Christian Harris. I, uh, you know, I, I thought that uh, John Mechie 
injury gave me some concerns. I wasn't that really that high on him previously, uh, especially when compared to some of the, some of the other receivers in this receiving class. Uh, really good receiving class, but uh, you know I still think that there are certainly talented football players, and, and I would not be surprised if both of them have uh, pretty long successful NFL careers. Next, we got the Colts. And uh, every Jaguar fan's is a dream kid that they wish the Jaguars had drafted uh, wide receiver from Cincinnati, Alec Pierce. The Colts drafted him in the second round. Yeah, so the Colts, you know, didn't have a first-round pick this year. Uh, but they were still able to get a really good player there in the uh, middle part of the second round. Uh, Alec Pierce was kind of a, a darling of Jaguars Twitter, uh, which there's a lot of those every draft. For every a good time reason. The draft comes around. Yeah, for very good reason. It wasn't like we were – the fans that wanted him, which I was – it wasn't like we were trying to force him into a pick. I think he was a guy that um, after the combine and stuff like that, everybody assumed he's at least a second-round pick. I don't think anybody saw him probably fall third. Um, but, you know, I, they get a really good grade here for me on that one. Alec Pierce is a really, really good player. Um, shows the ability to do a lot of different things. Uh, he's got the skill set to be able to compete immediately for a, uh, you know, to play opposite of Michael Pittman uh, in Indy. Uh, and I think that he's, a, uh, you know, probably going to give us fits. He's thick. You know, he, he's, he's 2'11 at 6'3". He's got some size to him. Insane athlete. Uh, yeah, ran a 4'4". Uh, he, he was a 40, like 9'97". 9'97 RAS or something like that. Had a 40-and-a-half-inch vertical, uh, deep threat ability. Like, you know, he's, he's scary. Uh, you know, he, so that's a really good pick by Indy. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of assume that the Jaguars wouldn't wouldn't have drafted him simply because I thought thirty three was probably a little too rich, and and I thought that sixty five was a little too poor. Um, you know, I kind of figured that he'd go in the middle of the second round. That's evidently, you know, or, or, or what ended up happening. Um, but yeah, I, I think with him and and Pittman, that's going to be. Uh, really set up nicely for Matt Ryan for them to, to utilize those players uh, this season. Loved Pittman coming out of USC. Uh, I want, I wanted the Jaguars to draft him over uh, LaVishka Chenault. I believe he went like a pick or two before LaVishka, but uh, I was hoping that the Jaguars were going to be able to trade up. Evidently, you know, it didn't happen, but, uh, but yeah. They, and in the third round, they had three picks. Uh, Jelani Woods was the first one. Uh, tight end from Virginia. He he was not on anyone's radar, to my knowledge, until the combine, and then this dude blew it up. Um, I believe he finished with a 10.0 RAS as the best tight end athlete ever. Uh, so this is a guy that, you know, maybe not you know, as, as, uh, as polished as some other tight ends, but freak athlete and Indy is banking on uh, him to come in, come in and, and utilize that athleticism to create some plays for him. Jelani Woods is almost as big as Zion Williams. Jelani Woods is six foot seven and weighs 253 pounds. He's a big dude. He, he, and, and he, he ran, he ran a four, six and had a six, nine in the three cone. Like, Jelani Woods is a freak athlete, and you're drafting him in this spot because he has upside for days at the tight end position. You know, the tight end position has changed, obviously, in the past, you know, decade. Um, it's much more athletic than it used to be. 
Um, and Jelani Woods, you know, he checks all the boxes from like a physical standpoint. He passes the eye test, um, but he's also going to be able to make a big impact actually on the field and not just in, you know, the underwear Olympics at the combine and looking good in shorts at mini camp. Uh, you know, he's, he was able to catch 44 balls, just shy of 600 yards, eight touchdowns. Um, you know, he's got the ability to make a big impact and he, and he scares me. Uh, now he's a little bit older than some rookies. He's 24, uh, but that really won't matter. You know, in the tight, we've seen tight ends be able to play until their mid thirties. Uh, so, you know, he, he's just, he's another scary one, you know, and I think that that's two really good picks in a row for Indy. Speaking of uh, a little bit of an older player, I wanted to look at Bernhard Ryman, who the Colts took with their second third round pick. Uh, I believe Ryman is 25 now. Uh, I, I know he had to serve some time for his country, Austria, in the military, and, uh, and is back now to uh, do his, you know, start his NFL career. Uh, he, was, he was a guy that I really liked. Um, you know, he, he was mentioned at the back half of the first round. That was a little rich for me uh, personally, but uh, in, in the round two, round three range, this is perfect. You know, tackles are so overdrafted in many cases in the NFL draft. Uh, you know, it's a uh, teams are teams are sh- struggling to find good tackles right now. But I, I think Bernhard Ryman was one of the better ones in this class. And, and with Indy and their ability to uh, produce quality offensive linemen, I think this is a pick that uh, that could be very productive for them going forward. Yeah, it was a steal. You know, getting a guy like that at 77 over overall when some people did have him as a potential first round pick uh, you expect him to be long gone by 77 and you know they're able to get a guy who could potentially be their starting left tackle uh in the third round uh which is not common um once again podcast uh because this is another guy who went to the senior bowl uh and did really well and you know was able to parlay that into a pretty high draft pick. And so you know, he's another guy that, you know, Indy's now three good picks in a row. And, and it's hard when you don't have a first round pick to always get graded really good on your first three picks. Uh, but they've been able to do it, uh, you know, in the eyes of us at least. Speaking of uh, three good picks, I got a fourth one for you. Uh, Maryland safety Nick Cross was the Indianapolis Colts. Indianapolis Colts' third third round pick. Uh, I love this dude, freak athlete. You know, he was he uh, he was one of the faster safeties in this class, and uh, you know, for the I, when I was looking at the Jaguars, he was a guy that I was looking for for the Jaguars to select to to pair with uh, Andre Cisco, and it obviously didn't end up happening. But uh, unfortunately for me, he went to the Indianapolis Colts. You know, they just lost Malik Hooker. Um, not that long ago, and, and maybe this is uh, this is hopefully who they who they can put on the back half of that defense and, and have him go make some plays for him. Yeah, and I was surprised also that the Jags didn't draft a safety relatively early to pair with uh, Andre Cisco, um, but you know they did get uh, Buster Brown, who did was was a really highly recruited safety coming out before he went to Arkansas and played corner. Um, but, you know, Nick Cross is a really good football player. He's a guy that you and I talked about a lot leading up to the draft that you mentioned a ton that you were a big fan of. Uh, he would have been a great addition. Um, but like most drafts, we miss on a lot of those guys. I, I was really a fan like. of 
I was a fan of all the safeties, really. Yeah, it was a good safety class. Um, You know, we talked about Jalen Petrie already, uh, who plays safety uh, as well as inside and outside corner. Uh, Nick Cross, really good football player. Um, You know, he's he's just got so much versatility. He's got the speed and uh, range to play everywhere. Um, He may not start right away uh, just because they've got some guys there, uh, but he's going to play – huge role on special teams right away. Uh, he's going to get a ton of reps. It's not going to be like an Andre Cisco situation where we don't see him till week 14. Um, but, you know, Nick Cross is just another good pick, and so far they really well. Moving on to our unfortunate rival, we got the Tennessee Titans. Um, I think, I think of, of the three classes, I think that I like Tennessee's the least. Um, that said, I think it's still a pretty solid class. You know, we could get into the A.J. Brown situation. Um, I'm not really sure. You know, it's, it's obviously not fair to Traylon Burks to, for him to be compared or, or expected to immediately replace an all-pro receiver like that. Uh, you know, I think Traylon Perks is a, is a really talented receiver. I think he can play inside, outside. Um, you know, he's a, he's a bigger guy. I think he's about 6'3". Um, you know, he's a, he's a little bit bigger than A.J. Brown, but uh, 6'2 and a half. Uh, he's, uh, he's 6'3", and he weighs six three. Five. Yeah, he's big. He's thick. Him. Yeah, he's a, he's a he's a he's a big target for he's sure. A, he, he's a taller uh, Lavisca in terms of body, like body style. Um, yeah, infinitely better football player. Uh, but uh, he, uh, we would assume, anyhow, you know, he, he may he may have a you know Lavisca Chanel uh, slow start to his career. But uh, I think Traylon Burks is a guy that's going to come in and, and immediately be productive for Tennessee. And, and that's kind of what they're hoping for because they're, they're kind of uh, they're kind of running out of time with with this offense and Ryan Tannehill. You know, I, I thought that they were in a position where they were going to try to win it all. Now, um, you know, they were the number one seed in the AFC last year. Uh, they do have they still have Derrick Henry. Uh, you know, Ryan Tannehill's getting a little bit older. I, I was a bit confused why they didn't pay AJ Brown and, and you know try to go win it. Um, but uh, they decided to go in a different direction. I'm a bit confused as to where this franchise is going, and maybe if they're uh, maybe if they're headed to for a little bit of a rebuild, as we will later mention uh, the Malik Willis pick in the third round. But uh, yeah, Traylon Burks, a really good football player, um, and he's probably the best football player not named Derek Stingley that we've talked about. Yeah, and you know Burks put together three really good seasons. So, uh, you know, as a freshman, he caught 29 balls for 475, no touchdowns. Um, but then sophomore year explodes, 51 catches, 820 yards, seven touchdowns. And then junior year, big time again. Um, and he only played nine games that sophomore year. Uh, junior year catches 66 passes, over 1,100 yards, 11 touchdowns. And that's in the toughest division, usually not in the past year or two maybe, usually in the toughest division in all of college football, the SEC West, uh, with Alabama, LSU, Auburn. He um, did. You know, maybe the East has kind of taken the cake the last couple of years maybe as far as toughness. Um, but he, he was able to put up really good stats against really good football teams. 
he didn't just put up good stats. He made he made defenders in the SEC look silly. Uh, quite frankly, he, he, including Alabama. Uh, he's he, he was also he was also a threat. Um, also rushing the ball. Uh, you know, in his career, he carried the ball thirty eight times for over two hundred yards and was able to score a touchdown on the ground. Also, so he's got the ability uh, to kind of be. Uh, I don't want to say a gadget player because sometimes I feel like when you call a player a gadget player, it's seen as disrespectful. Um, but I think that he's a guy that can do a lot more than just be a vertical threat. So I think that he's a guy who's going to be extremely valuable in the Tennessee offense. Tom will tell if he's going to be better than A.J. Brown, uh, you know, if he's going to make more of an impact. Um, but Tennessee's in a weird spot. Like you said, they could be looking for a little bit of a rebuild, but, like, Ryan Tannehill's not getting any younger. Um, it's strange. Derrick Henry's put so much – wear and tear on his body because of the style of player he is and the style of offense they run, he, he's eventually got to slow down. Like, it's like you would think humanly possible he's got to eventually slow down. I would, I would think that this would be the year for Tennessee. You that's, would think. You hope not, what, but you would think. Well, well if they – you know, if, if it was going to be any year, it would be this year. That's why I was a little confused by them trading away valuable pieces. Um, and they just they just resigned Harold Landry as well. I do. I'd have to look it up. I don't believe they're in that bad of a monetary situation either. They shouldn't be. That it shouldn't have a ton of uh, big name contracts. Um, so that that was an interesting trade. Uh, but uh, on a more positive note, I'll talk about Roger McCreary for them. Uh, Roger McCreary is a guy that I really liked. He uh, he was talked about as a late first round, early second round player until the combine happened. And then uh, teams figured out that he had T-Rex arms. Um, you know, uh, he, I believe, has the shortest arms to ever come out as a corner at the Combine. Uh, but, uh, you know, that aside, dude's still a really good player. Him and uh, Trent McDuffie from Washington were two fantastic uh, corners, very productive college players, uh, very smart both, unfortunately, just had some size limitations that uh, ended up having them fall a little bit. But uh, Roger McCurry is a guy that, uh, you know, can step into a Tennessee room that, that's hopefully getting healthier with uh, Caleb Farley and Christian Fulton. You know, they're hoping that those two guys can be uh, productive football players this year. I haven't, uh, haven't seen too much of them. But uh, with those two on the outside and Roger McCurry on the inside, they, they may have a pretty strong trio that's uh, really young and really set up for the future. Yeah, and Roger McCreary is a guy who um, played all four years at Auburn. He is not an early coming out guy. He was able to uh, get on the field right away as a freshman, played in four games, and after that he was a mainstay. You know, he played in uh, 35 games sophomore through senior year, uh, had uh, six interceptions the last three years, uh, took one back for a touchdown in 2021. Uh, so, I mean, you know, if you're able to start at corner – for over 30-something games in the SEC, you're usually pretty good for Or Auburn, player. too. Auburn uh, usually has some good secondaries. Yeah. yeah, Auburn always has a really good secondary. Uh, you know, and he's the third pick of the second round. So, like you said, was considered by a lot of people to be uh, worthy of a first-round pick. Uh, he just misses it, uh, probably, like you said, because of some, some length concerns. But Tennessee – wasn't too concerned to be able to take him still that early in the second round. Uh, I have a theory, and I, a lot of people agree with this, that the first, like, ten picks of the second round, most of them were all probably worthy of being first-round picks. Um, and most of them probably outperform 
at least 10 guys in the first round in their careers. Uh, so if you go that high in the second round, you're a really good football player. Uh, he's got the pedigree, four-year player at Auburn, three-year starter, you know, and, you know, he's primed to probably, unfortunately for us, have a really good NFL career for Tennessee. Yeah, if you could look past the length problems, you know, he's uh, he's one of the one of the better guys in this class. Uh, next, I'll talk about the guy that I, I probably am the lowest on out of all the guys that we've mentioned. Um uh, and I, I think that Tennessee maybe overdrafted him here. Uh, Nicholas Petet Frere from Ohio State. Uh, you know, he, he wasn't one of my favorite tackles in this class. Um, but uh, like I mentioned earlier, tackles are, are very often overdrafted. Uh, you know, there's about seven tackles mentioned that could go in the first round this year. And uh, only about three of them deserve to. But, uh, but yeah, he, he was a guy for Ohio State that I, that I thought struggled at times. Uh, God forbid you look at that Michigan tape against Aiden Hutchinson. That was a that was a rough game for that entire Ohio State line. Uh, that uh, that Michigan D line uh, with with David Ojabo. I'm not going to leave him out. Th- those two guys were uh, were given the Ohio State line fits. But uh, you know, I'm not I'm not at as high on this one. But Tennessee is in a situation where they just drafted Isaiah Wilson two years ago now. Last year, two years ago, two years ago. My, uh, my years start to run together with this draft stuff. I've uh, been covering it too long. But, uh, yeah, and that was a uh, immediate bust, one of the fastest busts we've ever seen in, in NFL draft history. And uh, hopefully Nicola, they're hoping Nicholas Petet-Frere can, can step in and, and uh, provide some, some support on that offensive line, which is really starting to uh, have some holes in it after what it used to be as one of the best lines in football. Yeah, and, uh, you know, Nicholas was another four-year guy, uh, you know, didn't come out early. Um, but he, he was all the rage, you know, coming out of high school. Uh, you know, he was considered the number one tackle in the country uh, by ESPN Rivals and 24-7. So, highly recruited, goes to Ohio State. Uh, and like you said, though, in 2021, he had some struggles. Um, you know, if you turn on that tape against Michigan, there's that one clip that all the Jaguars fans that wanted Aiden Hutchinson at number one kept sharing of them trash talking back and forth pre-snap and then Aiden literally ragdolls him and throws him. And that guy is 6'5 and weighs 315 pounds, by the way. Um, a guy who's down from near your neck of the woods from Tampa. Uh, and so he, uh, you know, he's got all the accolades, you know, he was an all, you know, he was an all American selection. Uh, you know, but he, he struggled, you know, it's just the facts. He struggled in 2021, especially in some of those big games. And so, uh, you know, Tennessee obviously was willing to take a chance on the potential, uh, taking him, you know, with that 69th pick in the third round, early third round pick. And so, um, you know, you expect him to, if he doesn't have to play right away, you expect him to be fine. You expect him to be able to develop and have some time to sit uh, and learn, you know, from the Texans offensive line, uh, Texans, sorry, Titans offensive line coach um, and some of those veterans there. Um, I'm sure he'll turn out to be a fine player. Um, hopefully not because he plays for the Titans, um, but he's got all the, you know, the intangibles to still be a good player, even though he struggled uh, his senior year at Ohio state. And uh, next we've got probably the most interesting pick of, of all three teams, uh, Malik Willis to Tennessee uh, value wise. You got to love it. Malik Willis was a guy that was projected by pretty much everyone to be the first quarterback off the board and a top 10 pick. And, uh, you know, it, it uh, looked as though that uh, 
Twitter and other draft analysts were kind of on the money here with the quarterback class. It wasn't uh, it wasn't nearly as loved as as maybe the media led you led fans to believe. The NFL loved them. Um, you know, the first quarterback went twentieth, I believe, to get to Pittsburgh. So Malik Willis from Liberty, incredible athlete, a guy that uh, you look at in a similar mold to Lamar Jackson in terms of level of athlete, nowhere near the level of uh, passer that Lamar is. You know, Malik really struggled with accuracy and some decision makings that said, dude's got an absolute whip. Um, so, you know, they, they do have Ryan Tannehill, who's a good athlete, you know, in, in his own rights. So, uh, you know, I'm interested to see if Tennessee struggles this year a little bit, uh, you know, how early their fans start clamoring for, for Malik Willis to come in and, and play. Yeah, so th- this was a pick that surprised the heck out of me. Um, I would have, if you would have asked the draft to power rank for most likely to least likely teams to draft Malik Willis, I would have probably put the Titans somewhere in the bottom five of least likely. Um, I didn't see this one coming. Uh, I wasn't surprised that Tennessee took a quarterback. Um, I thought they might later in the draft because, you know, Ryan Tannehill is limited. Uh, They were the number one seed last year and, you have to respect him for that. But he has limitations, you know, when he's starting to get older. Um, I didn't see Malik Willis being the guy for them. Uh, I had – I lost money on this. I saw – I had Malik Willis as a first-round pick. Uh, I had him going as the first quarterback. I had him going in the top ten. Um, not because his talent dictated it, but because you assume that there's always teams that get desperate for a quarterback. This just wasn't a year where anybody really got desperate enough. Um but it intrigues me a lot for Tennessee. Um, he, he's the opposite of Ryan. Tannehill. Uh, you know, they're not the same player. Um, Tannehill is more athletic than he gets credit for. Uh, you have to remember that Ryan Tannehill did play wide receiver in college uh, until his senior year. Uh, so Malik Willis's fit is to be determined in Tennessee. Uh, it surprised me, and I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure what the end game is there uh, with him being your successor. For, successor for Tannehill, which there's already seems like there's a little bit of friction there uh, with the Malik Willis draft pick in Tennessee. Um, but it, it intrigued me. Uh, it's not where I would have seen him going, uh, but it does frighten me a lot, unfortunately, if he ends up running all over the Jaguars in 2023, uh, up and down the field twice a year. Uh, we're not able to tackle him with his big arm and ability to run and use his legs. So um, like most draft picks for other teams, as a Jags fan, it scares me probably because he'll have his best games against us. I, uh, I'd like to see I, – I, I've thought about as well if, uh, if he's going to see some red zone packages or if they're going to try to get him on the field prior to, you know, him being named the starter and eventually taking over for Ryan Tannehill. If, if uh, that is indeed the goal of the Titans, you know, get him on the field this year and see what maybe he can do or, or create some plays and some situations for them uh, while he's while he's learning from potentially learning from from both coaches and Ryan Tannehill. Uh, and, and then to finish it off, we've got uh, two offensive players that the Titans drafted after Malik Willis. Um, they drafted five offensive players and one defensive player. Find that I find that pretty interesting. Uh, in their top uh, six picks. 
Um, we've got Michigan running back Hassan Haskins, who I think is a very good backup to Derrick Henry, both kind of in uh, similar-ish molds of being, you know, big bruising backs. And then they drafted uh, tight end Chig Okwankwo, uh, who's a fantastic athlete. I believe he ran the fastest 40 time at, uh, for a tight end in, in Indianapolis at the combine. So these are two guys that they're hoping uh, could maybe, maybe – it, at the very least, uh, be some death pieces for that offense. Yeah, uh, Sean Haskins was the guy that the Jaguars uh, had some interest in. According to reports, he took a top 30 visit. We only brought in, uh, to my knowledge, I think, two running backs for official top 30 visits, and that was Ty Davis-Price out of LSU and Sean Haskins. I think the meeting with Damian Pierce was at his pro day, so that didn't count as a top 30. Um, but, you know, he's another player, as we've seen as a theme here throughout this uh, – this conversation that the Jaguars liked, that Jaguars fans liked. And of course he goes to a division rival, um, but he's a really good compliment. I think he'll have a, a lot of opportunities to spell Derrick Henry uh, for not only this year, but years to come uh, really good fourth round pick, probably a player who was talented enough to be, go higher. Uh, and then uh, Chig Onkakwu, am I saying that right? Okonkwu. 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 Uh, was a player that I loved. Don't let the fact that I can't pronounce his name fool you. <laughs> he was a player that I really, really liked. Um, I had a wish list for the Jaguars um, for the draft, players that they showed interest in, but also players that they never did but I liked. Um, and he was on my list. Uh, I think he's a ridiculous athlete, uh, you know, played in the Big Ten where there's a lot of really, really good defense uh, and was able to make a lot of plays. Uh, I think he is – really a good kind of like Jelani Woods he is a good vision of what the tight end position in the NFL is becoming these big strapping lads that are just freakish athletes uh, and I think that he's just another one thank you and Kyle think, Pitts yeah and I think he I think he's going to be really really good uh, unfortunately of course he went to a division rival in Tennessee uh, but he's a player that I liked a ton um, and just another good pick. Uh, you know, the AFC South as a whole, when you look at the first four rounds, did a really good job. Four, four really good draft classes. Um, you know, we, we could get in here and maybe debate who, who had better than who, but uh, I think overall these are, these are four solid draft classes. You know, maybe not like, uh, you know, the Giants or, or Jets who had stellar draft classes, but these are – four really solid draft classes that I, I, I think will suit these teams very well uh, going forward. Yeah, and rounds, four, rounds uh, four through seven are kind of a coin flip for every team. So, that you know, we didn't mention the later round picks for any team. We didn't talk a ton about the later round picks for the Jaguars when we did our draft recap. Um, but when you – you stack up the first, let's just say four rounds since the Jaguars didn't have a fourth round pick. When you stack up the first four rounds, it, it's hard to say who the clear winner is uh, in this division. I think all four teams did an excellent job, uh, you know, and I'll, I'll show the Jaguars love. I think with the first four picks, Trent Balky and company hit a home run. They didn't get the outside receiver you want, um, obviously, but, you know, they go out and add, Trevon Walker, Devin Lloyd, Luke Fortner, Chad Muma. Those are four excellent football players. Uh, so it's really hard to complain about the job that Trent Baalke and his staff did. Um, and it's hard to complain about the job that all four of these staffs did uh, in the AFC South. When it came to the first four rounds, I think 
all four staffs did an excellent job. A lot of good football uh, and, players. Yeah, and, you know, our division has had this bad rep for a long time now as being the worst division in, in football. Uh, and so I think those are – in the coming years, you'll see that change, especially since now we hope the Jaguars have the quarterback position figured out. Um, you know, Houston remains to be seen uh, if Davis Mills can be the guy. Um, you know, but Tennessee for the foreseeable, foreseeable future has their guy. Um, you know, Indy, at least for the next couple of years, has their guy at quarterback. Uh, so the division is getting a whole lot better, which is unfortunate for the Jaguars, but at least the Jaguars are in that conversation as teams that are improving. And it's not just the divisions improving around us. Yeah. Um, who, who did we talk about? Uh, of the three teams, who? what was your favorite pick of all three teams? My favorite pick of all three teams. Oh, man. Uh, I'm going to have to say still Derek Stingley. Uh, I just think that he's just such a special talent. And I know that's just very Homer of me, uh, being a Louisiana native. Um, but, like, I looked at him and Sauce Gardner. Sauce Gardner is unbelievable. But I'll still take Derek Stingley on my team uh, when I look at those two guys head-to-head. Um, I think all three teams had picks that I absolutely love. Uh, but if I had to just pick one favorite pick, one that I think is going to have the best career, one that I think is going to scare me the most when the Jaguars eventually get a good outside receiver, um, I think Derek's going to end up being the best of the bunch. Uh, let's say you. Uh, I'm going to go with Nick Cross. You know, I, I thought he was a player that could have easily gone in the second round. Um, I, I, uh, I thought about Bernhard Ryman. You know, he's another guy that I, I thought could have easily gone in the second round. But I think Nick Cross is a better football player. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to – I could pick a guy in the first round. But I, I think the, the value for Nick, Nick Cross for Indy in the third round was, was about as good as you're going to get. Um, and I think that uh, with his speed, he, he can do a lot of different things for you on the back half of that secondary. And, and I think that he's one of those guys that could, uh, that could out, outperform his draft, uh, his draft selection. Yeah. And, you know, and he's another senior bowl guy. You know, we, we, we sing the praises of the senior bowl. Um, you know, and I just – I think that, unfortunately, our division did a really good job drafting. Uh, you would hope that you could look at one of these classes and say it's a stinker, but you, you just can't if you're being honest, you know. Um, you know, your copium might talk about Traylon Burks versus A.J. Brown and, you know, and different things like that. Uh, but when you just look at it across the board, I think when you're ranking draft classes, especially uh, the early parts of the draft, if you're looking at the NFL as a whole, I think the whole AFC South is probably in the top half as far as best draft classes. Yeah, if you, um, you know, all those staffs did a really good job. If you, if you set aside the A.J. Brown trade and you set aside the fact that Indy didn't have a first-round pick, I, I think that uh, that all three of these classes are, are, are really good. Uh, who, who's, who, who's your least favorite player that uh, our division rival selected? Uh, I'm going to say Malik Willis. And it's not that he's my least favorite player because I love Malik Willis. I think he didn't go to the best situation. Uh, I just – because it already seems like there's some tension there with him and Ryan Tannehill. Um, I think that was more Tannehill being upset that they drafted a quarterback early in the draft. Um, I don't think it matters who it was. I think Tannehill would have been mad if it was Kenny Pickett or Sam Howell or 
um, Desmond Ritter, it wouldn't have mattered. I think uh, by the looks of it, I don't know, but from the outside looking in, it seemed like Tannehill was a little uh, upset about that. Um, I, I don't like the fit of Malik Willis in Tennessee. Now, if they taper the offense to fit him, that's kind of scary um, if he develops. Um, but I love the player, hate the fit. I uh, so I, I thought about a few players here. I thought about Jelani Woods. Um, you know, I, I like the player, and, and I think the value is fine. I, I just think that Indy maybe has some more pressing needs especially with how, how limited their picks were this year. Um, you know, I, I thought that they could have got some, uh, some better positions of need for them. Um, they're a team that rotates tight ends out a lot as well. They, they've always had a bunch of tight ends going simultaneously. Um, but, I, but I think I'm going to go with John Mechie here. Um, you know, the, the receivers that we expected to go in the first round went in the first round. Um, and then after that, it, it was a little bit of a wait for, for receivers. You know, George Pickens uh, went uh, a lot later than some people thought. Um, you know, Alec Pierce, uh, you know, some thought that could, could go in the first round, ended up not. Um, so some of the receivers fell after the, after the first round, uh, first round r- rhythm of, of receivers that went in the back half there. But, uh, you know, I, I thought that the Texans with their uh, multitude of picks – could have possibly uh, traded up earlier into the second round. I know they had Jalen; they, they drafted Jalen Petrie, but uh, I thought that there, there was better value on the board, and they could have traded up for a receiver that that was really a game changer for him, and, and a guy that uh, could be maybe a little more immediate of of an immediate help for them this season. Yeah, well, I mean, and lucky for us, they didn't. <laughs> jo- George Pickett, us. George Pickens, and Brandon Cooks is terrifying. Yeah, and so luckily we don't have to face that. Uh, yeah, but I, I get it. He's got some concerns with his injury. Obviously, his his health check at the combine uh, obviously didn't scare teams too bad because he was able to still be a uh, you know a third round pick. Um, but you know there, there's there's a lot of question marks there. Is you know he, he played on a really loaded roster receiver wise. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what kind of impact will he be able to have in the NFL um, when he's not surrounded by because even in the NFL, he won't be surrounded by as much talent as he was at Alabama, no. not a receiver, um, you know, especially in Houston. So it's going to be very interesting to see uh, what he's able to give in year one. I'm sure he'll probably go on to be a decent player, um, especially when he plays the Jaguars. He'll be really good, I'm sure. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see what he's able to give in year one. It seems like a guy that you would have expected to probably fall a little bit um, – you know, if Houston doesn't take him there, does he fall to the fourth or fifth round? So it's all a question mark how much other teams valued him that high. Yeah, and I, and I will say, uh, you know, we don't have the specifics on George Pickens uh, off off the field stuff. You know, I know there were some concerns there, and, uh, and we don't know the medicals of John Mechie, although we assume that they probably checked out if he was drafted this high. Um, but and they definitely they definitely needed receiver help. Um, so I, I, I don't think it's a bad pick. I, I, I just think that uh, of the picks that that these teams had, it's maybe one that that I thought that they they could have got a potentially better player in that selection. And just again, glad they did. Yeah, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, glad that they didn't because all three all of the other three teams in our division had good draft classes. Just 
let's not hope that they had better ones, you know. Uh, but yeah, yeah it, it was a good it was a good draft for the AFC South as a whole. I don't want to hate on Nicholas Patet for too much, so I, you know, I, I I went after someone else a little bit there, but uh, well, he'll be I'm sure knowing our look, he'll be bodying Travon Walker twice a year for the next decade. He'll, he'll be he'll be Orlando Brown or something. <laughs> God. Um, but you know he he had a rough senior year, but he he's a talented player, man. I'm and I'm sure that no doubt, back, especially if the especially if the expectations on him aren't super high right away. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be an interesting division. I think that I think Indy got better this year, this off season, with uh, with the addition of Matt Ryan and, and uh, you know sending Carson Wentz off to to Washington. Uh, I think Houston got better this year. Um, we'll see about head coach. That's that's. I, I'm not really sure what they're doing there. Uh, they're like getting one year stop gaps because I know I remember when they hired Lovey Smith. The report was for 2022. The Texans have hired Lovey Smith, so I'm not sure what's going on there. Um, but I do think that Tennessee got worse, which is good for us. Yep. Yeah, overall, overall on paper, it looks like they did. Yeah, yeah, you know, Henry, Henry finally had a uh, down year, just because of injuries. Um, that offensive line is not what it used to be. Um, that defense is, is trying to find its footing. You know, they did, they did resign Harold Landry. They still have Jeffrey Simmons. So, you know, from a pass rushing standpoint, they're they're good. But uh, that secondary, like I mentioned, has some questions. It definitely has a lot of potential because Caleb Farley, Christian Fulton, and Roger McCurry are all really good football players. Um, but we'll we'll see if that comes to fruition. Um, but I, I do think that they uh, they were a team that got worse this offseason, uh, no doubt with with the loss of AJ Brown. Yeah, the Jaguars winning the division in twenty twenty two would make me obviously exuberantly happy. But the Titans not winning the division will be a close second. Yeah, we uh, we may shoot ourselves in the foot if we beat Indy again, and in, in the uh, yeah, we're gonna end up being the reason they don't win the division, and it's fun. Tennessee but it's does not. instead. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, I believe that that's all we have for today. So I uh, wish you all a happy week. Hopefully, uh, September and August get here uh, very very soon. But for now, so long, everybody. <laughs>